Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to our recap of our episodically serial modular story, uh, The Stand Chronicles, Nuns in Space, uh, kind of a season two. I guess this was a definite season two, uh, but with more of a focus on Stan than the nuns from my childhood, uh, you know, and Scooter kind of, of course, this fictional version of Scooter uh, played a part as well. Uh, so what I'm going to do is run through here is like a little bit of the genesis of the idea, a little bit of like uh, w- what carried the show, uh, you know, some assessments, and then uh, take a look maybe episodically, um, depending on the time we have. Uh, but a lot of like this comes from like this will you know you, you get in bed get 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 comfortable. But if you want to listen to this during the day to, to get an idea, that's fine, too. But a lot of people, listeners, you know, fall in love with different uh, characters of our ongoing episodic series. And naturally, they ask, hey, Scoots, when are you going to do, please do, I love this character. When are you going to do another series of this? And my standard answer, because it's true, is... uh if I have an answer, oh, you know what, it's coming. It, otherwise, it's usually, well, I'm waiting. Because I, like all stories from Sleep With Me come from a place I call the Story Swamp. And the Story Swamp, uh, is orga- I guess in some sense it's organic. I mean, you put a lot of work in. It's just strange because it's a bit like a swamp. Uh, I guess I got to put the work in. Uh, even though it's organic, to walk around and explore the story swamp and to be there every day on a daily basis writing and uh, trying to pay attention and stuff. But, uh, you know, you also don't, the story swamp runs on its own schedule and it's kind of like a, I don't know if it's like Taekwondo because I don't do Taekwondo, but it's like you can't force things in the story swamp. Uh, when they surface or bubble up is when they surface or bubble up. And the key thing is to be paying attention and say, oh, look at that bubble. I wonder why, what that bubble is over there. Let me go smell it. Is that swamp gas or the breath of uh, some forest friend uh, under, you know, that lives underwater like a turtle? Because, oh, I definitely know what turtle breath smells like. And then I could tell the turtle, hey, br- brush your beak or whatever. Let me brush it for you. And so the serial series, the episodic ones, um, depend on that for a concept I, I have not yet that i know of uh, been in a position where the story swamp hasn't said hey here's the idea or the general or hey what about this like a faint hint but it never comes in a convenient way it just comes when it wants to come and then i say oh well, okay that works and i think i talked about this maybe in the last series uh had wanted to do a second season of Nuns in Space uh, because I felt like Stan's a very strong character and the dynamic with the nuns was interesting. And it was open-ended. You know, they were still on this quest uh, to help the nuns find their ship or whatever. And then they were stuck back in the cloud of delusion. So I'd always wanted to return to it. And actually, I think it's just a two-year gap, which isn't a huge gap to return to something uh, but at the time, I said, well, I don't know what, like, uh, what the story would be. I, I'm not comfortable just uh, doing the exact same thing again. Like, oh, they get out of the cloud, and then they have these episodic adventures in space. I, I, I feel like uh, 
to carry it through an entire season and to be writing every single day, there has to be some sort of magnetic pull to to help carry me through the season or rope, uh, you know, for me to help me climb the mountain. And so I waited, and every once in a while I'd ponder, be like, well, what would a second season? So they're in the cloud of delusion. And at some point I talked about this, uh, an idea came to me, but I didn't write it down, which was a mistake. I, I said, oh, I'll definitely remember it. I think I was walking in a coalesce, and I said, oh, this is what we could do for the second season. It involved the cloud of delusion like this season did, uh, but it also had a, like a thematic story element I can't remember what it was. I said, oh, okay, maybe I can't remember if it was something relatable or something character-based or something story-based. But I said, oh, okay, that has enough theme and character story balance to carry. I said, that, that, that'll work. And at the time, this was far out. So it was like, like, uh, like maybe months to a year out from when we would have made it anyway, because that's how far I'm playing. Like, as of right now, just to give you a calendar thing, I have uh, started this morning actually working on our next series, which would be the holiday series. And when I'm recording this, it's the last day of August. When you hear it, it'll be in the far in the future. And then uh, ideally the, um, the holiday series will be coming up. Like uh, So maybe you're on like, uh, whatever the holiday creep has begun. So, like, I'll be working on that, and then by the time the holidays come, ideally I'll be well into our next series, which I have a concept for, but I won't until I'm done with the holiday series, which is usually a four- or five-episode run, which is a new series, and then we're going to do a season, another season of another series because the concept came to me this summer. Uh, but so with the nuns in space, it's probably that far out, like eight, eight to 12 months. I said, okay, that's it. Like, great. We're, we're set. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely remember that for sure. Uh, let me just focus on whatever, uh, let me just focus on whatever the, the whatever that, uh, uh, as the North Pole turns or, uh, the theme park series. And I went back to work on that. And then we started to get closer in the theme park series. I said, okay, what was that idea for nuns in space again? And a part of me was like, I don't know. And I said, oh, dear. But I didn't say it like that. And I said, hey, God, you know, this is a weird dynamic that played out in this season is the story swamp just asks me to trust it. And in some weird way, that's very, very difficult. I say, wait, you want your swamp full of story? And you just want me to trust you're going to give me story when I need it? Uh but not in the way I necessarily expect it packaged or ready. Uh, and sometimes you're not, it's just going to bubble up right then, and I'm going to have to be observant and patient. I got to make it, but I got to make this podcast. It comes out twice a week, you know. It's a, it, like trains always moving in a story swamp. If a swamp could not, it would just say, don't worry about him. So that, that was the pickle I found myself in. And so that's one, like, uh, uh, I don't know, parallel line. Another parallel line is, uh, you know, I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I've gotten to, to, to like, uh, talk to a bunch of wonderful people out there in the podcast community. 
you know, of course, if you make a podcast and you listen to podcasts, other ideas are always coming up for me, and I keep a list of those ideas. Oh, one day maybe I could make a podcast about that. But at this time, even now at the end of year five of making the show and into year six, it's like uh, Sleep With Me is pretty there, – There's not. I don't have a lot of uh, – my time budget is filled and overflowing, just keeping Sleep With Me going. But I say, okay, at some point, maybe I'll have a producer or I'll put out less episodes and I'll work on something else or I'll find something else. So I said, one day, you know, let's, let's be patient, just like the story Swamp asks. So I have an idea of things and also things I say, well, is that already, like, why is that idea calling to me? Is it already a story that's out there that I heard and then it fell into my subconscious or is this a new idea? And obviously with an Unsin Space, I love, uh, uh, um, like, uh, um, like sci-fi stuff. Like, so there's also the idea of these audio dramas, like, and there's full cast audio dramas and then there's single character audio dramas in podcasting. And I've talked about this too in the podcast is like, uh, just like independent movie making versus big budget movie making or even like, you know, uh, smaller budget movie making versus independent movie making versus the kids making their own movies in their basement. Uh, you know, people could judge that, but it's all made on these, these different spectrums. But there is this uh, level of uh, forced creativity uh, when you're making a film on a budget, because you say, well, we got to figure, we got to keep it within the budget. And how are we going to do that and still tell this story? And the people that succeed at that, uh, you know, the, 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 you say, wow, they really did. How did they pull? Well, it was made, it was actually tapioca. You say, you're kidding me. That looked like, uh, you know, the Empire State, that was tapioca. I thought it was the Empire State Building for real. And they say, yeah, that's all we had a budget for was tapioca. We figured it out. Uh, and so with the podcasting and limited time and limited budgets and uh, limited, like uh, some of the great shows, uh, or it can be single, some are full cast audio drums. Those are a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But you also see stuff with uh, different stuff. And that's like not just, like it's a place where, uh, what's sustainable and what's possible and what's achievable, like the creative constraints, uh, you know, or people are saying, oh, well, let's tell a story in this context because we can make it into a show. And a lot of times that drives my thinking because I know uh, what it takes to make a sustainable podcast uh, or try try to. So I say, okay, the smaller the cast, if I'm playing, if I'm starting to think of other ideas, I always say, okay, well, what could we do? What stories could we tell with a cast of one or two uh, versus, a, like, a lot of sound design in a big cast just because the budgets haven't, like, you ha- like you really have to, the people that are doing these, like, uh, beautiful uh, full-scale audio dramas are really, really, uh, it's just, just super impressive. If you're interested in audio dramas on social media, you could just search for Audio Drama Sunday, uh, the hashtag on Twitter. It's probably on Instagram and other places, too. And there's always good discussions about audio dramas on Sundays. But so, uh, like, that's like one. It's So audio drama is like fictional uh, stories, I guess. Uh, or, yeah, 
I guess the sleep with me, you could say, is like a strange version of that. Um, but so I've always been like, oh, would I make another audio drama? And what would it be? And I have a list of things. And then I pare that list down as I say, oh, no, that was buried in my subconscious from somewhere else. Or, or oh, no, that won't work. Or someone just, oh, that podcast just came out. It's very similar. Maybe not. Uh, uh, even though I'm not actively working on any of those, it's just a thing. And so one of the ideas I had, and I was actually resistant to giving it over to Stan. And again, I never um, I fully vetted this idea, uh, but it's very similar to what played out. was like, uh, what if there was a, like, a, and this is from watching a lot of science fiction, is like, what would it be like if an android like a beginning Android was going through a self-help books. Like, could that be a podcast? And like each season is this Android either probably alone. Cause I was thinking of a cast of one, uh, going through this self-help book, maybe like a, a big magic or some, something. This, this is what my thinking was. And so that sat in my pile. And then everyone said, I'd say, well, they say, no, I'm picturing like a, a different android than Stan. And then at some point I said, well, the story stump said, well, I don't know. I think these ideas are meant to be together. And they said, I don't know, like what, like, uh, like self-help and Stan. And I said, I don't know. And, and I would be resistant. And then the story stump said, I don't know. And I said, well, what would, uh, what would really give Stan what Stan needs? Like, what does Stan want? And what would bring Stan, like, bring Stan to another stage of evolution as a real being? Because uh, Stan's not like a, an android. Stan, Stan's a fully fleshed out character, uh, you know, that I have a relationship with. And, and so it was like this thing. And this is, again, it has to happen over time. And then I thought about the book, uh, uh, the the artist's way by Julia Cameron and I don't know when like when or how it came up but then I said huh like uh, it's a book I've tried to like uh, follow in unsuccessfully multiple multiple times at different stages in my uh, life uh, and actually like uh, what's interesting is uh, I've always I've almost always bought the book at uh, used bookstores and you could see like where other people. Uh, fell off. It's just not an easy artist way. It's not easy. Uh, even though it is, it's kind of like if you commit to it, uh, I don't know. It, 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 the journey is a journey in of itself. And I think that's an important part about the book. But I said, wait a second. Uh, and it said in a 12 week kind of uh, like program. And I said, oh, this, this would fit. I said, what's well, a little longer than we've been doing series. Uh, so it would be stretched out over a little bit longer period of time. But I said, yeah, I, I think I could do, like, we could take Stan on this artist's journey, and what would we discover about Stan? And just to give you an idea of, like, what the weeks are, let me just read. Uh, uh, week one is recovering a sense of safety. There's also the basic tools, which one of the basic tools, or the two big tools are, uh, morning pages, which I, I, I've been doing and I've, like for a, for a while, since I knew this, I was going to follow through with this idea. I said, well, at least I could do the morning pages. And uh, the morning pages is like three pages of stream of consciousness, kind of journaling or just writing 
every single morning. As soon as you wake up, you do three long hand pages of writing. And, you know, uh, Julia Cameron kind of guides you maybe thematically through maybe stuff you could explore. But it's basically like to just get you to know what's on your mind better. And also to be like, I don't want to do this, uh, or I only want to do one, or I have nothing. Or what I've noticed lately is I'll write uh, half a page and I'll start daydreaming and, and not like daydreaming or problem solving about stuff in the day coming up or yesterday. Like, and I say, oh, well, I'm really losing focus here. I'm not doing stream of consciousness writing. So it's kind of like a thing that evolves with you. But it's like, and this is what all the success of Sleep With Me is founded on. It's like, are you going to do this every day? Are you going to follow through on this and see what happens? And so that's one basic tool. The other one is an artist date, which you're supposed to take yourself on an artist date every single week uh, to kind of say, okay, I need some time alone to recover. That's not work. That's play. And it's like intentional play saying, well, let's go to a museum or let's go, uh, you know, do some, go to a play or go to a concert, go to a live podcast. Uh, let's go to the flea market, I think is one of her examples. And, you know, pick out some fun stuff. Yeah, that one I have not been so good at. Uh, other than going to the movies, which I haven't even followed through on, uh, which was a couple of my artist dates. Uh, yeah, I have not been good at that, Julia. Sorry. Like, and it's just, uh, it's just something about the way, like, it's, again, I'm, uh, I have to take my artist journey more seriously, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so that has been difficult. That was a little bit tough to fit in the series too. And then another thing I haven't been good at, but this is a habit I want to develop is like to check in. Like she says, geez, do it, uh, uh, weekly check in and see, uh, like uh, where you're at and stuff like that. And then you go through the book week by week. And I guess the other times I've tried to do it, or the most recent time, which was before the podcast probably, I tried to do it as like a 12-month program, which maybe that's what I need to go back to doing it as. This is like week one over four weeks. Maybe that's what I'll do uh, again if I can consistently do it. Yeah, but so those are the basic schools. Here's the weeks. Week one, recovering a sense of safety. And so Stan and this went through each of these weeks, uh, Week two, recovering a sense of identity. Week three, recovering a sense of power. Week four, recovering a sense of integrity. Uh, week five, recovering a sense of possibility. Because it's really a lot of it is about healing kind of your inner child or your inner creator. And trusting, you know, just like the series ended with like a, a le- like a, can you take the sleep of faith every day and do the work, uh, Recovering a sense of abundance, recovering a sense of, that's six. Week seven, recovering a sense of connection. Week eight, recovering a sense of strength. Week nine, recovering a sense of compassion. Uh, week 10, recovering a sense of self-protection. Uh, week 11, recovering a sense of autonomy. And week 12, recovering a sense of, of faith. And then from the book, let me read you about the author. Julia Cameron has been an active artist for four decades. She's the author of more than 40 books, fiction and nonfiction, including best-selling works on the creative process as the artist's way, walking in this world and finding water. 
novelist, a playwright, songwriter, and poet. She has multiple credits in film, theater, television, and she divides her time between Manhattan and the high desert of New Mexico. And I highly recommend checking the book out as long as, and I think Julia's totally like, uh, it's a no pressure thing, but I think, uh, don't put the pressure on, like, uh, then decide if you can commit. And again, uh, if you want to reach out to me and commit to it, uh, uh, we kind of were talking about it in the like Slack group of, uh, or higher tier patrons, but probably a way I don't, I don't have this hot to like, uh, at least on social media, you can say, Hey, I'm like, uh, let me know your successes. Yeah. Because I'll be trying to do it too. Cause it really just, it makes things a little bit more intentional. And then the idea of, uh, the artist state is nice. And in the morning pages for me, it's like showing a sense of commitment of self care and of inner, inner exploration. Uh, so that's where the, the, the idea for this series, uh, the, or this season of uh, Nuns in Space game is like, okay, now we have it. Uh, Stan will uh, complete the, the, that'll be the bones of the, the episodes is Stan, uh, and kind of the brainstorming is like, uh, Stan and Scooter working with Stan, completing the artist's way. Uh, with the desire for that to trigger getting out of the cloud of delusion to say, okay, will, will this artist's way, will uh, Stan evolving or whatever uh, help us get out of the cloud of delusion? And uh, so then it started the writing process. And uh, so uh, let's see, was this was made over, uh, it was 12 episodes made over, I don't know how many, like usually I was writing an episode every 10 days. Uh, though sometimes, you know, stuff came up and I was writing it over longer. And actually, there was a couple other things I could talk about about the writing process. But it's pretty similar is that now that we're doing two episodes a week, I usually get about 10 days of writing for each written episode. And uh, like, let's see, there's a couple parallel discussions in there. So usually that's the first thing I do every day. It used to be, actually. Let me strike that. Like now I do my morning pages, then I get up and I drink coffee and I like I take a, ideally an hour or less uh, to just respond to like uh, as much response as I can because I get a lot of inbound stuff about like a lot of it is trying to find ways to keep the podcast sustainable and then listener stuff and trying to keep be available. So I usually do that for about an hour. Or uh, sometimes it depends on how early I woke up, uh, but I like to start writing ideally at eight or eight thirty. Yeah, so sometimes I'll be and then trying to read up on podcast news. So usually it's like an hour and a half, and I'm drinking coffee, and then I'll start writing. And I write for twenty-five to to forty-five minutes, but a minimum of twenty-five minutes. And, and that, uh, usually the 25, because, like I try to do, if I can stay focused, because that's really all the time in the day I have. Uh, but another thing that comes up for some people is like, why do you bother even writing episodes or what, why do you bother working hard on the podcast? And I just want to address that, like, uh, because it comes up a lot is, uh, like, so the hard work that makes a podcast in, in an ironic or paradoxical way is what keeps it sustainable. 
if making the podcast was easy and wasn't for these creative constraints that we've talked about in other ways, like, uh, it wouldn't be, I don't think it would work and we wouldn't put as many people to sleep and it wouldn't be, I don't know if it wasn't hard. I don't know if it necessarily that I would keep the, the, if there wasn't a challenge in it, I wouldn't keep coming back and be able to put in the hard work. So the fact that it's very hard, uh, is what makes it exist in some weird way. And maybe it says a lot about who I am. But all of the episodes, whether it's the uh, written series, the kind of improv, off-the-cuff episodes, personal essay-style episodes, or the TV recaps rely on this writing session uh, because they think writing one episode... Uh, it give, it helps it reform, like keep me focused on what works about. The, it's also like editing and listening to the episodes multiple times. Uh, like those things help structure the episodes that I'm making, and help me refine the podcast and get better as a storyteller or whatever, or in structure, or in phrase or whatever. It, it keeps the show evolving. And keeps it quality. And so that writing session affects everything else I make uh, in a positive way. And so without it, again, it would be like, I I don't think I could sustain. It'd just be like, well, you know what? Uh, I would find something else that's hard to do because, uh, I don't know. So as a podcast ever becomes easy for me to make, it wouldn't be a good sign. But I don't think it will. Because I don't know if that writing's ever easy. Uh, so that's a little bit about that, but so I, I write every day and on a 10 day writing schedule, which is about, that's not totally accurate, but it's like, uh, some days, uh, like whatever day I recorded the episode, the next day I'll start writing the next episode, the next morning. And usually to keep it on the release schedule, it's 10 days. Some days like the writing would go really easy. I'd record it and I don't think I've ever recorded anything, uh, written episode in less than a week, but maybe a week or eight days. And then other times it might take me two weeks because it's not going. But anything more than two weeks is not allowed. It just because otherwise I wouldn't be able to stay on schedule. So uh, usually the first day, I've talked about this kind of process before, but it, it again, it helps, uh, is like a, a reading in blue sky day. So I would read and I probably would have already read the chapter first. So I'd say, oh, week one, let's read it. Or re- let's well, Recovering a Sense of Abundance. Uh, let's read through it. Let's take notes. Uh, and I just write down the phrases or the ideas or the exercises uh, that were in the book and, and uh, say, which jumping out to me? Like, So kind of reading it twice. I probably read it like during the week um, casually. Yeah, but the first day, it's kind of about just reading uh, the text in a really focused way and saying, huh, what's jumping out? What's What am I connecting with? Uh, and then the second day, ideally, would be taking those notes and what, okay, what are the activities that Julia had that jump out to me? And then the next day, so the day two would be kind of going through that with Stan and seeing what Stan thinks and saying, hey, Stan, look, look at this activity. Let's do it together. And then just going through the activity with Stan. Uh, so, like, depersonalizing it, going from, like, oh, Drew as the writer, Drew as the person, what's jumping out, or as the reader, 
and then kind of going into character in some sense. I mean, not totally in character, but pretty close and saying, huh, let's see. Okay, so how would Stan answer these questions? Uh, how would the character Scooter talk to Stan about this and say, okay, let's look at this. Huh, or how do you feel about this? And then that would lead inevitably, or ideally, I guess, not inevitably, but to more questions uh, that I would write down. And ideally, my subconscious would be working on them or the story swamp. I'd say, well, what does Stan really want? Uh, or, huh, I can't answer these questions. Or what are Stan's vices? Or um, That was a really difficult one, especially in the context of a sleep podcast. So it's like, oh, okay. So ideally by day three, something thematically has started, started to come, become clear and like it was connected to the material of the week and at least something sticking out. Like if it's something difficult, that's good. I said, well, why can't Stan, how come you can't answer this? Uh, or like, oh, what, even the vocabulary words, it's like, oh, what are the vocabulary? Like what words are sticking out? So that by day three and day four, we're saying, okay, how did the last episode end? And where do we think this episode's going to end? And, you know, the the middle part of Nuns in Space, the Stan Chronicles, was uh, was pretty episodic, except for maybe one or two episodes. You know, but the goal was always to get out of the cloud of delusion uh, and deal with whatever was coming up. Uh, so it wasn't, it had some seriality to it, uh, that uh, the last couple of series may, you know, because I've been trying to just make it things uh, over the past couple of years less serial. Uh, but I still feel like you could listen to them in any order and get the general sense and then say, well, I want some continuity. You could listen to them in order. Um, but so, yeah, day three and four would be kind of uh, what's going to be the story. And then ideally by day five, it's like, oh, okay. I think, like, doesn't have to be the final story, but it's like, oh, I think this is the story of this episode. Stan and uh, Scoots are trying to do this, or this happened, and they're trying to get this done. So at least kind of knowing uh, where, like, where, where, where it starts and where we want to go, or where it starts and what the issues are, and be like, oh, I don't know where it goes, but I know that this is a major and then the emotion, like the work in day one and two, ideally gives it some emotional grounding. Like uh, there was a lot of Pinocchio in this uh, because it's naturally Stan, well, maybe not naturally, but uh, like uh, it's I got to know Stan. So, geez, I want to be treated as equal. I want to be, you know, I get to spend all this time with you as a human, but I was just created on this date uh, in you know, I want my life. And also stands a freestyle soda machine. Naturally, said, well, I would like some arms and legs. Uh, so just these Pinocchio uh, connections uh, or, you know, Pinocchio-type stories. And also the the, uh, the downside to that. I mean, not, there was never anything where I said, oh, this is a... Uh, uh, but, I, I mean, I guess like Honest John and Raybon, I didn't realize they rhymed actually till just now. Like having some sort of influence. Uh, but that wasn't strong just because I feel like Stan and Pinocchio, while Stan has some innocence like Pinocchio, Stan's in, uh, highly intelligent and shrewd. I don't know if Pinocchio possessed a shrewdness. Uh, maybe Pinocchio developed a shrewdness. Uh, but Stan was much more, I mean, from just dealing with me and my BS, uh, 
you know, Stan is uh, just a, a different being than Pinocchio. Uh, like a child in some sense, but actually someone that, unlike Pinocchio, Pinocchio wanted to be a boy. Uh, Stan wanted boyhood. Uh, so it's kind of two different things. Uh, and, you know, Pinocchio wanted a boy's body, uh, not a wooden body, you know, no strings to hold me down. And Stan wanted a body. Uh, so I don't know. That was some, so there's like some emotional juice there. Of like, hey, what? And again, like, also going for deeper stuff of, uh, of like, hey, what do you really want? What is that part of you that connects with Stan or Scooter? And what part of you, Stan, wants to have these summer camps? Uh, that's a dream that he can imagine and picture that makes him feel good and that stirs him up. Uh, and then he says, yes, this is what I would like. I think I would like this. Uh, and Scooter's there to kind of encourage Stan and try to empower him. But at the same time, like, I hope there's something relatable in there, even if it's a te- like a, a vibration that you're like, a, I mean, I truly believe that uh, this stuff, even if you're not hearing it, uh, that it is like it, the pupils in Disney World or whatever, that it's like uh, that's there for you uh empowering your ability to sleep through it. And so, uh, what was my point? So I guess there's, there's, there's those layers. And then, uh, so in the writing process, uh, so then by day five or six, it's like, okay, this is how we think the story is going to go. And then after that, it's kind of like, to be honest, it's a really, uh, west of the wild or something like after that, uh, usually after the first two days, uh, it could go any which way, but usually at least have three or four days where I have something to hold on to, uh, that it's not like, okay, now you got to get in the story swap and see where this is going. Uh, so by the middle days, by five and six, ideally it's like, uh, we're playing out the story saying, and they could go a million different ways. They could use, uh, like a story structure, like the story circle, or I could just start try bullet pointing, or I could just be writing. I could say, well, I know what's going to happen here in this middle part, or I know Scooter and Stan are going to have this discussion, so let's just write that out. And the good thing about second seasons, and then for a lot of the series, it did a lot of writing, and actual writing. In the past, I've done a lot more outlining, uh, but this one, because it was because there was this emotional through point, and a, even this dialogue connection of stuff for Stan and Scooter to dialogue about, and it was contained like they're in the cloud of delusion. So it was like uh, most of the issues were to empower Stan to deal with the other issues. So it's like, what is the outside uh, conflict that's uh, kind of complementing the inside conflict? So it's like. Uh, Okay, and then so, so a lot of story, like a lot of times it was like I was writing, 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 and I'd say, okay, that's a whole scene. And sometimes I'd like just keep writing over a couple days to the end, and I'd say, okay, we, this is like 40, 60, 70%. Okay, where, 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 what parts are we missing, or what parts don't work, or what parts could we move around? And when I say writing, I, I mean like freehand just like the morning pages in some sense. It's just like uh, 
I mean, you can look up the notes, uh, depending on your, I think, uh, $5 and up patrons can look at the notes and see, uh, the different types of writing. And then it would be good, like, then ideally pushing into seven or eight, uh, day seven or eight. It's like, okay, let's re-outline again and then say, okay, this is kind of the final structure. It seems like, uh, now let's go through what we wrote and maybe edit that or maybe say, okay, this works with this uh, point, uh, story point five or whatever, or where we are here, where, uh, I don't know, and uh, and kind of go through that and then say, okay, what are we missing? Okay, where where is it open? Okay, so who, what is Stan? And the nice thing about the pen pal thing is I could write that close to last because then it would be like, okay, now that I know what this episode is about, where it's going, um, it, uh, it enabled me to say, okay, so what is Stan going to talk to? Like, is there a way to, like, uh, subtly uh, sneak in any themes or not talk about stuff? I mean, that's what Stan and Scooter were both good at, uh, to create a theme of something they're not talking about intentionally uh, to have that play out or, or whatever. Maybe I didn't do that. Maybe it's just something I think about, but... um. And, uh, let's see. And, and the other nice thing about the pen pal element was like that I was able to, um, the pen pal could be used for exposition, but it could also be used for like one thing. I'm like, okay, if there's two voices in two characters, I'm comfortable with that. Adding on more characters is always like, uh, I'm wondering about the balance of the sound, and the continuity and then just the focus, it's like, okay. And so like at first with the nuns in space and with Raybon, I said, okay, this seems like, are there any other kind of characters make themselves uh, apparent and say, I'm part of the story. And even Raybon said, no, just leave me, you know, uh, like it wasn't like Raybon had to be a part of the story as I was developing it. So I said, okay, this is good. Like it's just staying in scooter for the most part. And then we could use a pen pal to kind of fill in gaps uh, or create gaps and say, well, I don't know if we need to tell that part of the story. So let's just have Stan, let's just have that be a blank. Let's say, hey, pen pal, we'll be right back. And then we go, me and Scooter will be right back. Because uh, uh, say, okay, we don't need to be in that room with that discussion or where that's playing out. Uh, either it's going to be too dull or it's going to be too, uh, there's too much action or there's just too much, uh, it'd be something too heavy. I said, eh, I don't think that'll work. So we'll just use a pen pal exposition or just skip it and say, oh, pen pal, you know, we did this uh, and not even use exposition. Be like, we solved it uh, with the computer stuff or whatever. Uh, but I mean, again, and I guess maybe there's like, uh, now I'm changing topics, but it's like, so let's just stick with, so the writing process, um, I think that's it. Yeah. But I usually, ideally by like eight, nine and 10 or nine and 10, like the recording day and the day before it's like almost like a rehearsal days, uh, of like reading through and then making some last minute edits and be like, Oh, well, like, for example, the last episode, I ended up changing, like, I had two rehearsal days or run-through days. So I said, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like uh, I don't like the order of events. So it's like, okay, what if we move this or move this here? 
And actually, because it was the last episode, normally I don't even have time to listen to the previous episodes. So, but for the last episode, I listened to, to, to the episode uh, 11. Mostly get an idea of like Ray Bond's part in it and say, okay. It, it just so like loose an anatomy that said, uh, I'm not sure where this is going. And it's just hard to end a, a series that's a serial episodics. I mean, this one, because it's like, uh, I already spent, I spent so many weeks with Stan and, uh, and it's, I said, oh, like, uh, it's still open-ended, you know, it's still open-ended story in some sense. Uh, and that's where the challenge lies. It's like, oh, I could keep telling nuns in space, but at some point it would lose its challenge and lose its luster. It's better to put it back in the story swamp and give it some time. Another thing I did that I've never done before was uh, uh, write multiple episodes without recording them. I've never done this before that I know of. Maybe I have, uh, uh, but um, I just found myself in a couple of positions where I had some travel and uh, just some other stuff, and I couldn't record for a little while. And I kind of said, uh, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, I'm always like laying the track for the podcast so it can keep going. And I kept found myself in a pickle. I said, well, I could force recording it, but I don't know the environment I'll be in. And just, I guess, from like moving the show to PRX and looking at old episodes, they said, man, like uh, there's some continuity issues like when, you record episodes one through six in the the closets, and then seven and eight are recorded somewhere else, and then nine is recorded in the closet, and then ten is recorded somewhere else. Uh, it's just a continuity issue I wasn't happy with. I mean, one off, it doesn't impact people, but when I'm when I look at the thing I'm building, I said, well, I don't know if that'll work. And again, the story swamp does not like to be pushed and say, I demand this of you. And I guess the theme of this series was like, what if, like, can you take a leap of faith? And so I said to myself, Scoots, what if uh, you stick to your writing schedule without record, like with a de- writing deadline, but that's not based on recording? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you you have 10 days to write the episode and then you write the next one. And I said, well, let's try it. And it actually worked. Like I said, okay, well, the, that's 10 days. So let's start writing the next and I think we wrote, I wrote three or four episodes, uh, like without recording one. I don't know if it was like the first four. I, and honestly, I have no idea to be like, or maybe it was like, I don't know. I would have to look at like the raw files to see the recording dates. Uh, and I did wonder like, oh, should I re, is this okay to even do like this new test of like, uh, of writing that way? And I don't think it's ideal. It just because the stories change when I sit down to record them, because again, you're in this. I'm, I record on Story Swamp, and the Story Swamp will say, eh. or I'll be recording it, and I'll be like, oh, this doesn't work uh, when I'm recording it. And usually those changes are positive, uh, and then that would impact the way the next story is told. But I said, okay, well, we could roll with it. We can ch- we can still change things, even though they're written. And we'll have a little bit more information going in. And I don't think that's sustainable always just because of the fact the podcast comes out twice a week. Uh, but that uh, 
it's something good for me to know. They say, oh, okay. If I did want to take two weeks off from the podcast, uh, mostly, I mean, there's no way to take two weeks off uh, uh, fully. And I don't think it's necessarily a great idea for me because the writing muscles, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's muscle memory that it needs to be worked. Uh, it's like, oh, I could take it a lot. Like I could still write, but I don't need to record. Or if it was something happened, I couldn't record. Uh, which does happen. I mean, I think it like sometimes I get catch, uh, you know, catch a cold or get sick or, uh, you know, life happens and I say, okay, I just can't record this week. Uh, I mean, I, I, like I said, the summer was like traveling and, and other stuff. I think in the winter time in February, I did, I was traveling and then I came back and I, I think there was another time where it was like 10 days I didn't record because I was sick and traveling. Uh, but I think that's probably it. It's like weird that the parallels of the story uh, told in this season. I mean, maybe it's because, and it, again, check out the artist's way. But it's like uh, that it ended, uh, that it's like, oh, the story swamp's trying to provide me and ideally you, the listener, with lessons that I hadn't planned into it to say, can you take this leap, uh, Scooter? I'll catch you. Yeah, this, this is, you know. This is, is like for me. This like making these live shows uh, has not been easy because it's something totally new to me, and uh, whatever. And, and it just happens to be paralleling the time when I'm making this series and saying, uh, "Can you jump? Can you do it? Uh, and can you keep trying?" Because it's like, oh well, this isn't where I want it to be, uh, but it's there. But it's like, oh, this is something new. You have to learn how to do. I mean, I think the difference between the, the fiction and the reality is like, oh, can you keep jumping? Can you can you take the next leap or can you jump across again? Uh, and having an internal thing uh, with Stan to say, hey, I'll catch you. And then the other thing Stan did, which I've tested out, and again, this came out of the story swab or the collective unconscious, was having this idea. And I mean, I've been going to therapy for a long time. And trying to figure out different ways. Oh, how do you deal with this constant uh, negative chatter, this internal critic that talks 24-7, or this belief system that uh, isn't ideal for for living in a world where you're trying to have hope and optimism, at least some of the time, is uh, that Stan came up with this idea, and this again came from this story-breaking process of saying, huh, Stan, what are your, like, uh, wait, you, you didn't, you didn't air any doubts about this. What are you doubting and how do you deal with your doubts? And I can remember writing it out and saying, huh, well, yeah, was it like, uh, and then saying, okay, well, let's have Stan not talk about Stan's doubts. But then eventually Stan would have to talk about that Stan, if Stan is evolving into a fully realized being, uh, that doubts are naturally a part of that, but that because Stan developed in the Stan's, because of Stan's nature, Stan would have some coping mechanism that would be unique. Uh, and Stan said, yeah, I give my doubt a house inside me or a cottage to live in and to prosper where I can come visit and discuss things uh, and say, hey, what are you doubting about? Uh, you have this beautiful homestead you live on, doubter. Uh, I hope you're comfortable and you got a nice fire in the fireplace and your goats and stuff. Uh, 
like, oh, let's just sit down and discuss your doubts. And then, okay, I'm going to leave and be back and I'll come visit you. Uh, but I'm going to go back to my world of hope and optimism. And I know you're here existing and you have, you know, I want you to be realized and, and respected too, but I can't have you down. And I don't know. I mean, we didn't talk about all out in the show, but, uh, I said, wow, that's a powerful tool, Stan. I'm going to start it. Do you mind if I use that? And Stan said, yeah, sure. Go for it, Drew. It's really been something I've been playing with over the past couple weeks, and not just my doubts, but saying, hey, you're pretty grouchy. I've actually been playing with the idea of giving them butlers and saying, oh, here's your butler, Mr. Grouchy, and in your new home, like, how would you want your home? Uh, so I don't know, maybe, like, uh, stuff like that comes out of it that I didn't expect uh, they can help me keep going. Uh, and that's maybe relatable uh, for any of you. But thank you so much uh, for listening and uh, going along with this journey with me. I really, really appreciate it. Good night. Uh, I want to thank everybody for reviewing the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, this one is a Cloud Tower. It's from Plata Babo. Love Cloud Tower, e- even though I don't necessarily like being in the air. This I do. Uh Love podcast, love the podcast in general. Thanks for the help and care, Scoots. Thank you. It confused my brain. I guess in a good way because it's five stars. Uh, yeah, why am I tearing up? Because uh, of soda. Uh, that's from QWERV one sixteen. Yeah, help me through a tough time. This is from uh, Nick 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 Amcam. It just discovered the podcast last night. It, it did get help get me sleepy, and then today or tonight, I was in the middle of a, a stress, stress, stressful situation. And I turned on the podcast, and it got me uh, just sleepy enough to try to go to bed. It did two things: it made me nice and relaxed enough to get sleepy, and it took away what was stressing me out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Josie Bear says it cuts through the P to the A to the I to the N. Uh, dealt with some uh, tonsillitis. Uh, I couldn't sleep. I heard about sleeping, so I gave it a try and fell asleep. Perfect thing to distract me and allow me to drift into dreamland. Uh, since then, I've been listening to podcasts that deal with insomnia. It works like a charm. Uh, just uh, uh, focus enough that I pay attention and forget about the things that keep me awake, but not so engaging that I stay awake to listen. Thanks, Josie Bear from Canada. Uh, works every time. Uh, this is from J-E-S-U-S, uh, F-R-E-E-K-22. Uh, guy has some strange magic going on. Works better than journaling, a tonin, a drill, quill, uh, anything else you take uh, via the mouth. And uh, uh, I don't know how he does it, but I'm finally sleeping. God bless this podcast. Uh, Daniel C to the H says it just works. Uh, I've had insomnia my entire life, take stuff, you know, you know, and then uh, that doesn't work with sleeping me. I fall asleep faster, awesome dreams. Uh, I took a job as a tr- on-the-road truck driver, and sleeping me is a lifesaver. Thanks, Daniel. And <laughs> get ready, buckle your seatbelts, your sleepbelts if you're here. You uh, cat says, says uh, you've changed. Uh, used to be great, but now he talks about supporting the podcast for 20 minutes. Uh, which is inaccurate. Uh, uh, understand uh, you're ruining the ca- content. Uh, uh, try, just trying to keep the show going at twice a month. Uh, and actually, we don't have 20 minutes of uh, asks. So. And when you compare the time we ask for support to the time of the content, it's uh, pretty, pretty low. We're doing, doing, doing my best to keep the show going.
then uh, S, B, F to the A to the C to the E to the A to the C to the H to the E from the UK says, yes, uh, normally start drifting off within minutes. Never been awake long enough uh, to hear the story. Podcast is excellent. Uh, Sleepy and SoCal, SoCal uh, doesn't, they're not sleeping with this show. They don't like it. No way. Yeah. They, they, they just don't like the show at all. Uh, then all, this person would like to give us a less than one star, Rayface. Uh, they they don't like the show either. So it's about, back to, you know, these coming waves. Uh, let's cap it off with uh, this one. Uh, yeah, Jocelyn says, brilliant. Can't get over how well it works. I love the episodes with Apple's uh, Red Article. It's fascinating. I didn't know so much work went into making each episode. Uh, my favorite thing is there's no pressure to fall asleep and it keeps you company uh, while you would, you know, decide if you can sleep. That's perfect about that. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you uh, uh, for everybody. Because uh, Sleep With Me is supported by the listeners that support the show on Patreon or who support our sponsors. That's how the show is brought to you uh, for free is by the people who subsidize it in those two ways. Uh, Sleep With Me is also a part of uh, Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the amazing shows there over there at nightvalepresents.com. We're also a member of PRX. You can check out everything they're doing. Uh, like Podcast Garage, uh, Project Catapult, and other things at prx.org. And uh, the, the, thank, thanks, everybody, for storing the show. Let me give you a little, let's tell, you know, if you need another episode, it's, re, you know, ready to go. may automatically play, it may not, but I'm here uh, to help. Let me tuck you in. I'm here to keep you company. So there you go. Oh, uh, loosen that up. No problem, no problem. Uh, yeah, okay. You want me to move that? Okay, sure. And I'm going to put this sticker over this LED over here for you. Uh, Good night.